Well, man, we've got tons of stuff going on. So before I get into my message, I am preaching here today. I'm so excited to deliver it to you. But I want to make sure you guys all know what's going on. Is that okay? Come on, you can talk back with me. We're, we're like a non-denomination. We can do our thing. You guys can talk to me. All right. So courageous men, were you guys here yesterday? Man, we had an awesome time. We had about 70 guys in the building. We were praising God. We lifted some weights. Man, Roger came up here and showed us all out. He went for 80, 80 reps, this dude, 135 pounds, 80 reps, and then he stops and puts the bar up. He's not even breathing. He's just like, yeah. I, well, I, I, was, I, didn't, I didn't want to keep going. I'm like, why would you keep going? He's like, well, I was just trying to be modest. I'm like, Roger, you already did 80 reps, man. Like, we, we, we went way past modest a long time ago. But we had some fun. You know, it was just, it was a metaphor example about how life gets heavy, you know. And, and when you got brothers around you, you know, 80 reps, for some of us, we're all on a different relative path, right? Roger's pumping out 80. I might be pumping out 25. But, but man, it made it a lot easier suddenly when, when I had one guy on this side and one guy on this side, one guy behind me. And I had to keep going. And, and they started helping me. They got their hands on the bar. And, man, things became, became as if I could just keep going forever. Guys, it's so important that you're surrounded by men in your life, by, by fellows in your life that are, that are supporting you. They're not just there for you in the hard times, but they're also there for you when you're, when you're out of turn, right? Like, I need, I need fellas, I need boys in my life that are going to be like, Lou, I love you. I, I, I appreciate you. This is, this is, you know, come at me gently. I'm sensitive. I, but I appreciate you. But what you're doing, what you're saying, the way you're acting right now, we got to, you got to stop. This is, that you're heading down a path. You don't want that. I know you don't. Like, sober you. <laughs> you know, when I'm thinking straight, sober me doesn't want that. So I, I tell my friends, I'm like, listen, if I get crazy and suddenly I become out of my mind, I'm like, I need, I need you to come back and play for me, record me, play sober me's vision for my life, for, for God's vision for my life. Remind me of who, who it is that I said I wanted to be. And when I'm out of turn, man, come help me out. That's what Courageous Men is all about. It's about creating an opportunity for us to come together to support one another. And man, we need it more than ever, amen? So come out next time. Nick Geyer, he was doing a great job. He's taking over for our Courageous Men's Ministry. Man, I'm so proud of him. I'm excited. He's got an incredible vision for, for 2023 in the Courageous Men. So we'll be getting together every single month here in Lorraine and then across all the campuses. We've got some big events planned throughout the year. Uh, but man, there's just a, a great opportunity there, guys. Hey, listen, I, I wanna shout out to Tom Evans this morning. If you're watching online, Tom, I just wanna tell you I love you. We all love you. And we're praying for you. Tom was in the hospital this past week and had surgery, or this past week and had surgery. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that he knows that we're praying for him. His church family is praying for him. And we're rooted there. And anyone and everyone that is there, and I know Clarence and Paula Maruna, um, man, Devin, there's just like so many different people out there that are, that are struggling right now. And I just want to tell you that your church, your, your, your pastors, your, your friends, your family, we got you back. We, we are hardcore on it, man. I, I don't know if you guys know this. We, we use an app called Slack. Uh, it's a communication app, basically, just for the work staff and a lot of the leadership and volunteers. There's a pastoral care section in there. And, man, that thing goes off all day long. Like, and, it's, and it's just, you know, with an update, like, this person is not feeling well or this happened or, you know, this devastating situation took place. How can we address it? And it goes across all four campuses. And on that, on that group... I mean, the likes of Dr. Cynthia and Pastor Clarence out in, in Cleveland and uh, all of our pastors and all of our team, Pastor Skip here in Lorraine. I mean, it's just on and on and on. They are declaring the word of God over you 24-7. That's powerful stuff, man. That's really, really good. So we bless you guys. Be well. And man, this is my most favorite announcement here this morning. This morning, December 4th, my, my pretty mama, Pastor Tina Canton, celebrating her birthday. Happy birthday, mom. I love you. You know what they're doing this morning? 
I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you exactly what they're doing this morning. They FaceTime. My whole family's down in Florida right now. I'm home alone. Don't feel bad for me. It's kind of cool. I like it. I'm getting a little bit lonely, but it's, it's not bad yet. I think by tomorrow, maybe by tonight, I'll be like, what are you guys doing? You coming home soon? But right now, it's kind of cool. It's just me and the dogs. But they're, they're down there. They, they FaceTime me this morning, and they're eating breakfast around the pool, uh, which they do. You know, it's fun. And they're going on a boat. They're going on a boat out in the middle of the Gulf. It's going to be awesome. So they're celebrating my mom's birthday today down there. It's really great. They're going to church first, by the way. They're going to go to, they go to outdoor church, which is really cool, man. You, go to, you live in Florida, you can go to outdoor church. It's pretty neat, but they're, they're having a great time. And last but not least, guys, how many of you guys know and love our Joshua kids? Man, you guys are incredible. I, we, we talk about it quite often, and, and, and I think it's right around 30 years, 28 years. I don't know. As far as I can remember, is I, I was little, right? We were, we were young, and Joshua kids has been around. And, and this year, we want to bless our Joshua kids. And out in the lobby, there's a tree. It's just over here to my left. There's a tree, and it's got a bunch of little tags on it. It's just like a, it's a giving tree, right? You've seen those around. But we need your help to do that. We, we don't want these children to come to the Joshua. We're going to have a party for them here in December. We want them to come. We want them to be blessed. I want, their, I want their hands to be running over. Like, not like you get a gift and you get a gift. Like, I want Oprah style. Like, you all get a new car. Like, you get a bunch of stuff. I want these kids carrying, picking up a whole bunch of boxes of stuff and taking them out. Would you bless us today, bless them, and grab one of those little tags? It just describes a, a female or a male and then their ages. And then go to the store and, I don't know, read the side of the box, ages 7 and up or whatever. Get them something. But can we, can we bless them? Will you guys partner with me to do that and just make sure that that tree is empty by the time we leave here today, take two, take three, I don't know, whatever you got to do. It doesn't have to be stuff that's expensive, but I just want them to feel the love from North Coast and know that they are cherished children of God. Amen? All right, we can get on with it. You guys ready? Here we go. How many of you guys know God is still in the business of miracles? Man, it's incredible. I need you to do me a favor. I'm not going to have you stand up, but what I do want you to do is get ready here. So we're going to do a little bit of stretching, okay? So put your phones down. Put your Bibles down. Put whatever you got in your hand down. We need to get it over to the left. Come on. Ah, get the oblique. Stretch it out a little bit. Come on. Come on. Get it. Get it. I don't want you to pull a hammy or anything. There we go. Now we got to get some around the world. All right. We're prepping you. So now you're loosed up a little bit. Loosened up. Ready to go. What I need you to be aware of is the atmosphere in which you're sitting. It doesn't matter that we're in the church right now. It's a great place to be. This is a, this is a really good place to be. But, but when, you're, when, you're, when you're out and about, when you're in your life, when you're in your car, when you're at work, when you're at home, you have to be prepared for a miracle in your life. There's a rhythm. There's a rhythm and a rhyme to this situation, right? The Bible is the basic instructions before leaving earth. I, I have that so that I can learn how to enact the power of God in my life. It's a manual. It's a teaching tool. There, there are certainly functionality, functional uh, aspects of the Bible, and I love to break that down because it gives me an opportunity to be like, all right, I can take it from up here where I feel it, right? But now I can bring it down here where I can do it. I, I can actually walk into the power of God and command it like a superpower, right? Like sometimes, you're like, I have no idea how I was able to do that. Wouldn't it be cool if you had an idea of how you were able to do that? And then every single time you needed to do that, you could just pull it out and do it. I, I, I want to be in command of the power that God has given me in my life. So it's so important that we stay ready and we understand what it is that enacts miracles in our lives. There's four of them. When you need a miracle in your life, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to identify the problem. 
Every miracle that take, takes place, it started with a problem. You, you didn't need something until you had a problem, right? You weren't, things weren't all great and, and working out, and you're like, man, I really need a miracle in this area. Well, I got a bunch of money in my account. I don't need anything there, right? I don't need things here. I don't need things there. But, man, in my relationships, I need a miracle. This is disastrous. Everything starts with the problem. We've got to identify what the problem is. There's a story across the Bible, actually, in four, four times it's mentioned in the Bible. It was an impactful story. I think that, that leads me to believe that, that this is a moment for us to learn from, to dig into, and understand that this is a very important teaching moment. When Jesus spoke to 5,000 people and they were all hungry, right? The story of the five loaves and two fish, and he breaks them and provides food for thousands and thousands and thousands of people. There was a problem there. There was an issue, right? There's no food. Here's the backdrop. Jesus is doing his thing. He's kind of the, the new rabbi in town, right? He's going town to town. He's anointed his disciples. He's like, go out and do miracles and work. Preach, teach, tell the gospel. This is like the revealing party shortly thereafter. They're doing work. So much so the disciples are tired. And here's what Jesus says. Like, let's get away just for a minute. Like, let's take a quick break. You guys are exhausted. I get it. Haven't even had time to eat. I mean, bro, you kind of, you smell a little bit. Like, let's get, let's get some downtime and we'll get back to work. Everybody needs some, you know, needs some you time. We'll do that. Well, things are going so well that when Jesus tries to take everybody away, everybody just follows them. Like, yeah, we hear you. We don't care. They're, they're, they're so ravenous for the power of God in their life. They can't stay away. Just chasing the disciples down, chasing Jesus down. And, and of course, Jesus is like, all right, we'll work out all that other stuff later. We, we're going to have to work. Like, clearly the people need us. They need me. And so put that aside for a moment. Here, here's the backdrop. There's a, there's a huge problem. Like the real world scenarios of the Bible, we often skip past because everything's, you know, supernatural. But you got thousands of people just, just dropped everything and just ran and chased Jesus and the disciples miles from their hometowns. They don't even know where they're at. They just kind of stopped and were like, okay, this is going to be good. I have nothing, but it'll be good. What should we do? All of a sudden, some people start getting nervous. The disciples included, they're like, man, we're hungry. Like, what are we supposed to do with all these people? You got thousands of people here. Nothing's open. Nothing's close, right? It's Sunday, and I drive past Chick-fil-A type scenarios. The frustrating, oh my gosh, there's nothing to eat. Don't you, never mind. I was going to say, don't you think that Chick-fil-A should make an exception if you go to church or something? I feel like there should be an exception. I know somebody has to work to cook the food, but I get it. I don't know, maybe like a warm-up thing? I'm not sure. Anyways, if Chick-fil-A could be open on Sunday, that'd be cool. Um, but this is the case, right? Like it's just closed down. There's nothing around. They're in a remote area, so there's no access to food. The disciples come to Jesus, and they identify the problem good for them, right? That's great. He's like, hey, we got an issue there's a bunch of people here, it's late in the day, they're hungry, and there's nothing around. We, we probably ought to send them out and, and to, to go find something. We have to identify the problems in our life in order to proceed with the gaining or the gathering of what's needed and the rest of the steps in order to get our miracle. So, so who in here needs a miracle? Anybody? Yeah, I, I would probably say whether you raise your hand or not, there's somewhere in your life, if you're as human as I am, that you need a miracle in, right? Like, like that, that's, that's, that's just something that we all share. That's the reality of the humanity that we share is that we all need a miracle. <laughs> yes, we do. 
Oh, my gosh. Say, so oh, here's the thing. Here, I want you to do this. Ask your neighbor. Ask your neighbor. What's your problem? Nicely, though. Nicely. Not like that, Obi. What kind of problems are you dealing with? Like an empathetic, what's your problem? Hey, what kind of problem? Maybe you should say, can I help you with a problem? Do you have a problem? I don't know how you say it. It always sounds kind of mean. Do you have a problem with me? No, don't, don't scrunch your forehead and do it. Do you have a problem? <laughs> it's all like the way you, you, know, way you, you vocalize it. We've all got problems. We all have something in our life that we need. And, and it's important that we identify it so that we can proceed in order to allow Jesus to heal us. Here's the second step. Accept the responsibility for the problem. Accept the responsibility for the problem. In Mark 6, it says, by this time it was late in the day, so the disciples came to him. Here come the disciples, accepting responsibility for the problem. Now, Jesus, like Jesus is, already had something in mind, right? Like, he, he's aware. He's, he's all over the place. He's thinking ahead. He knows that there's going to be people who are hungry. He, he gets it. But, but, he, but he challenges his disciples, and he's like, they ask him, well, what, what should we do? Like, how do we get food? And he's like, you go get some food. We should send them away, they say. Go have them sent out there. Like, no, no, no. Why don't you fix the problem? You need to identify what it is, and you did that, and I'm and great. I'm happy for you, but now you fix it. This wasn't Jesus like me sometimes just being, I don't want to deal with it, so you do it. That's not, that's not the attitude here. This is, this is the Jesus that, that we all have come to know that, 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 that empowers us, that demands from us a participation in our, in our it's called faith. It's a participation that he requires in order to empower you to access the miracle that you need in your life. It's so important that we take responsibility for the problem. We see it, we understand it, and now we're engaged in it. We're coming out and doing something. Albert Einstein said this, I like this quote. There's two types of people in the world. There's people that tend to live their lives thinking that nothing is a miracle or thinking that everything is a miracle. And if you stop for just a second and you really think about life and its potentials, good and bad, isn't everything an absolute miraculous moment? I can't imagine the idea of thinking nothing is a miracle, that everything is just kind of happenstance, that the things in my life all the way around, the things I see, the family I have, the, just everything, it's absolutely miraculous. So when he told them, you give them something to eat, he wants their faith to begin to now work, to enact, to now be employed, so that there is a connection where miracles can take place. So what happens oftentimes? We got a couple things going on here. Common reactions to problems is we procrastinate. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm a big procrastinator. And I think, to be honest, to put us positive spin on it, I like pressure. That's just what it is. I like pressure. I like being under pressure. I work well under pressure. Like if I got a lot of time, I'm like, eh, that's too easy. I just need a bigger task maybe. I don't know. But I, I like working under pressure to a certain extent. But, but procrastination is also very dangerous, right? Because <laughs> as much as I like it, I've also been burnt by it a whole bunch of times. Like, oh, yeah, I definitely should have studied about four days ago. 
That, that hurt. That hurt right there. Oh, man, I had a big presentation due, and I have no idea what's going on. Like, what's their names again? I, I don't know. What's happening? But procrastination is I'll put it off till tomorrow. Or, you know, like somebody else will do it. That's another one. We're passing the buck. We're realizing, like, if I don't do it, eh, I'll sit here long enough. Somebody else will grab it. They'll take care of it. Matter of fact, I'll just let you handle it, God. You're great. You do it. And while I like the idea of letting God handle things, he's asking us to participate in the miracle. Another one is um, we worry about it. Oh, my gosh. That's a horrible one. Just sitting around worrying about it. I'm too old. I'm too tired. It's too late. I'm too fat. I can't do it. Man, it's just too much. Like, you, you know, we sit around, we talk about it, we think about it, we, we make excuses about it, we pass the buck, we worry about it. Then Jesus said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Because Jesus asked him, he said, well, like, if you all go take care of it, just get food for everybody. They look around, there's 5,000 plus people sitting there. How do we pay for all that? That would take almost half of our wages to cover all the food for those people. We can't do it. There's no way. So we're just stressed out about it. We're trying to figure out what's going wrong in our lives and how we're going to fix it. And there's just no way this is ever going to happen. I, I might as well not even participate. I might as well not even go after it. It's impossible. Listen, you serve a God who does the impossible. In every situation in your life, it takes just but a moment to sit back and look and reflect on your life and recognize how many impossibilities you have come through since day one. You met Jesus, and man, impossibility conquered, impossibility conquered, impossibility conquered over and over and over again. And here we sit today, we're like, yeah, but this one, this is a real impossibility. No, it's not. Jesus is ready to conquer every single impossibility in your life. Here's step number three. You do what you can with what you have. Man, you get it done. It's a get it done mentality. You're not waking up and taking inventory of all the things that you don't have and why this is all going wrong. You, you, you're just like, I, this is what I do have and this is what I'm going to do. And, and everything else is just going to have to take care of itself as we go. But I'm not going to sit here and not take step number one. I'm going to get after it. Here comes a little boy. He's like the only guy in this entire place that packed a sack lunch. I don't know what he was thinking, but he was like the smart kid in the group, right? Everybody's running. He's like, I'm going to take two minutes and just grab a couple pieces of bread and some fish. This seems like it's going to be a long day. Like, where are we going? I don't know. Hold on a second. He runs away with just a little lunch in his, in his bag. And the disciples find him. They're like, this kid's got food, but he's only got a couple pieces of bread and some fish. Like, that's all he's got. We'll find out, figure it out, bring him over here. Let's figure things out. What did he do? The first thing the little boy did is he gave what he had. He didn't have much. I mean, imagine being approached by a bunch of rough, gruff, big dudes, and you're standing there with your sack lunch. You're like, huh, what? Like, we need your lunch. Like, here, you can have it. But he gave it. He gave what he had. He knew it wasn't going to be enough for anybody, barely enough for him. Just a couple of small fish, a couple of rotten pieces of bread, basically. But he gave everything that he had. Those are the keys, one of them, to unlocking the miracles in our lives. Never underestimate what God can do with ordinary people. Never underestimate what God will do with an ordinary person. You know what the best ability is? Anybody? The best ability is availability. 
The truth is if you show up, if you make yourself available to the Lord this morning, if you step out in faith and go, God, I'm empowered and I know that I am and I'll take the first step. This is all that I've got, but I'll give it. Suddenly, your availability outranks everybody in the room who seemingly has all these incredible talents, all these incredible accolades and degrees and papers and, you know, all the things that make them shine. And you're just some ordinary little me. But I showed up. I was willing to give what I had. And now suddenly the wheels of the miraculous are turning in my life. One of the other things he did is that he gave it immediately. There was no hesitation. I don't know about you, but in the desperation of my life, when I need a a real miracle, you know how I know I I really need a miracle? And it's not just like, man, I really want a new pair of shoes kind of miracle. Man, I really like that car miracle. No, like when I need a real miracle, I I, I drop everything and I'm gone. Because it's an emergency in my life. I, I, I have no choice. I know where I'm running to. The cross has to be got in my life immediately. Like this is the, the phone call, the phone call kind of miracle, right? This is the disastrous marriage kind of miracle. This is the sickness, deathbed kind of miracle. This is the, my house just burnt down. My clo- I, I have nothing. This is, the, this is the, we need a miracle right now. I'll do anything. I'll go. Let's sprint. And if you're not running with me, bye. I got to go. He gave it right away. He left and he gave immediately to God what he asked. And suddenly, the wheels start turning a little bit faster, start going a little bit more. We're trusting God. We're identifying the problem. We're giving him everything we have. We're not questioning. We're just going to the next step and saying, yes, God, I'll do it. Yes, God. Yes, God, I'll do it. I realize there's nothing around that looks like provision, but, I, but if you say there is, then I'm in. Second Corinthians says the important thing is to be willing to give as much as we can. That is what God accepts. And here's the great part, that no one is asked to give what he has not got. Man, I can't do what they do. I can't give what they give. It wouldn't matter anyway. All I'm going to be able to do is drop a dollar in the, in the bucket. I mean, I really appreciate what they're doing over there in Africa, but like, I just don't have much. I don't, it doesn't, what I'll do won't make a difference anyway. Yes, it will. Because the miraculous power of Jesus isn't dependent upon your dollar. The saving message of Jesus Christ isn't dependent upon how much you give or how much you don't give. But the miraculous in your life is being willing to give what you have. And I'm not just talking about money. In fact, that's the least of it. Being willing to give what you have in every area of your life is the demand on which God puts on you in order for him to return blessing to you. But with comfort and grace and mercy, he says, listen, but, 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 just be clear about this. I will never ask you to give something that you don't have. Man, how good of a God do we serve that he would create a borderless, contingentless, open relationship with every single one of us, meeting us exactly where we are, all of us reaping the same exact rewards, regardless of how much, but whether or not we're actually willing. He 
Here's the last step. It's step number four. This is a good one. Expect a miracle. Man, be expectant. Don't you just love when your wife or your girlfriend, this always the women, ladies, you guys get the award, call you out for talking negative? Because guys will just egg it on. Like, man, this is dude. He's like, yeah, I feel the same way. Let my wife come in the room. And suddenly she's like, hey, just hold on. Would you stop? Just stop for a minute. Like, like that's not going to help anything. I told you guys the stories a few weeks back about us backpacking. We car broke down. I'm on the, on the trail. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. We're going to get out. We're not going to have a car. It's going to be freezing. And she's like, let's just not talk that way. <laughs> I'm like, fine. <laughs> let's imagine when we get out of the woods, there's going to be a brand new F-150 sitting right there. Shiny. Super nice guy willing to help us. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And guess what was there? A brand new F-150 with a dude that like, looked like he came out of a Hallmark car, like in a vest, looked like Elmer Fudd. He's like, hey, how you doing, partner? I'll help you out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Jesus is amazing. <laughs> Expectant, expectancy. It starts so small, right? Put yourself in an expectant position in every area of your life. I don't care if I'm going to the gas station. I expect the best pump available. I don't care if I'm pulling into a parking lot. I expect front row. When I see something, I, I, I'm like, that, if it's a desire of my heart, I expect it to come to me. I expect my body to be whole. I expect my mind to be free of anxiety and depression, of anger and frustration. I expect it. It happens and it comes in. I'm like, what, what is going on? Where'd that come from? Not get rid of it. I'm unsubscribing. I love that, Pastor Troy. I'm unsubscribing from those thoughts. They have no place in my mind. I expect goodness in every area of my life. But it has to start somewhere. I've got to identify the problems in my life. I've got to get to work on them. I have to take responsibility for them. Right? Like, I want to I work like it's all my responsibility. But I want to pray like it's all God's. I got to take responsibility for it. I've got to give everything that I've got. It doesn't matter if it's a little... It's a lot somewhere in between. I just got to give it. I got I to gotta offer all of it. Finally, I got I to gotta expect a miracle. I got to have an attitude about it. I, I don't need you to be cocky, right? I don't need you to be a, a, a punk. But man, you, you ought to you walk back like you, like you got something. You ought to walk into a room with shoulders back and head held high. Well, what's up with you? I don't know. I'm about to find out. There's going to be something good. Because if God ordered my steps here, there's only goodness to be found. I expect miracles where I go places. I expect to be favored. Here's what Jesus told the disciples. He said, direct all the people. Take 5,000 people. You know how hard it is to maneuver 5,000 people? And this is 5,000 people, like, the Bible says men. So you want to take it literally. Like, what about all the wives? What about all the kids that were there? What about all the dogs? All the, it was just, I mean, this is, a, this is a dust bowl of human beings in the middle of nowhere. And he tells the disciples, go organize them in groups of hundreds and fifties. For what? <laughs> right? 
But, but here goes the disciples. Like, they're hip to it at this point. Like, he's about to do something weird. I don't know what's going to happen, but let's go. Come here. You 50, sit here. You 100, stay right here. You 50, you come over here. And everybody's listening. Right? That's the craziest part. Like, you're herding people into groups. Hungry, tired. They came to hear something, to experience something, to get a miracle. And now they're breaking people into groups of hundreds and fifties, like not knowing what's going on. But the disciples are like, hey, man, look, it is what it is. Like, we've seen Jesus do his thing at this point. I, let's just see what happens. We got a bag of bread, a couple of fish. Jesus said, break them up into fifties. Let's go. They're expecting something to happen. Like, at this point, it's like the, the I'm sure the anticipation was building. Ooh, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? We walked all this way. Now something's finally happening. We're getting into groups of 150s. Like I can imagine seeing my boy be like, hello, what up? What are we doing? I don't know. I'm in though. And then he tells the disciples, go and distribute bread and fish to everybody here. And group by group by group by group. They're overwhelmed with the abundance of God. So much so that Jesus says, don't let any waste happen here today. Bundle it all up, bag it up, get the doggy bags out, and send them home with it. Bless the people around them so that everybody will know of my glory, of my abundance, my miraculous working power. my grace and my mercy, my understanding, my empathy. Jesus wants to bless you. Jesus works miracles. We got to work like it's all our problem. But for the Lord's sake, we got to pray like it's all his. We got to give whatever we've got. We got to sacrifice. We got to push. That's the vision for 2023 in Courageous Men. Sacrifice. A sacrifice. We dropped laziness off yesterday. We're not picking it back up. We got rid of excuses. We took responsibility. Now we're doing the work. We're reading our Bible, right? We're not just talking about it. We're not just going to start tomorrow or the next week or I'm signing up for a group in a few months. We're doing the work. We're giving every ounce that we have. I want to be the best version of me that I've ever been. Just once in my life. Like, what happens when you string a week together? You feel pretty good, right? Like suddenly... Body starts feeling a little bit better. You got a little more energy. What, what happens when you do two and three and three months and four months and six months? Man, then other people start noticing. Like, what have you been doing? You're looking good. All of a sudden, a year goes by. Hey, how can I, how can I get like you? <laughs> what, what is it that you did? I, I need to know. You make it look so easy. I'm like, brother, it ain't, it ain't easy. <laughs> we start and we work and we persevere get knocked down and we get back up we think we're tapped out but then we have just a little bit more to give and we give it and suddenly Jesus shows up and the abundance in our life is so overflowing that I have so much I've got to give it away 
I'm so healed that when I come into your presence, you're healed. You're so whole that when you come into my presence, I'm restored. When we make hospital visits and we go to people's houses, I don't, they don't want to see me again. I mean, it's nice, but you're going to come visit me when I'm sick. Bring me glory. You can come either way, but I really appreciate if you brought me a miracle. When I'm, when I'm broke and I'm down and I'm out, I appreciate the food or whatever you got. That's great. But, man, I really, I really need you to bring me abundance. I need you to bring me a blessing that, goes, that lasts longer than just a day or two or three. I need, I need the blessing of the Lord from you. In Mark 9, it says, nothing is too hard for, sorry, Jeremiah, nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for God. Everybody in here, on TV or internet, whatever, wherever you're at, listen, nothing in your life is too hard for God. You, you got to unsubscribe from the thought that you've gone too far. That the mistakes that you've made are just too much. You don't have any idea. Nothing, capital N, man, in bold, underlined, italics, nothing in your life is too hard for Jesus to redeem. According to your faith, it says it will be done. That's why it's so important we understand the game that we're in. We understand the rules. We understand the procedures because there are those. I don't want you to leave here and think like this just happens and I'm just going to sit here and wait. No. No. Don't miss my point. Jesus and his prerogative is his prerogative, but I read his word and he tells me there's a process to this. You have to get to work. I don't, I don't want you to leave being confused that when I make an altar call here and you come up and you pray with these people and you feel really good and, and the anointing is here and the Holy Spirit's working, but I just don't want you to misunderstand that when you leave this room, you have to go to work. You have to, and you're going to have to fight for it every single day. Ladies, your courageous women are there to help you fight. Men, your fearless ladies, sorry, your fearless ladies are there to help you fight. Your courageous men are there to help you fight, fellas. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to walk through the trials, through the loneliness, through the pain, through the regrets alone. But when the thought comes into your mind, like, oh, they don't care, I'm not going. 
I don't want to be a part. Like, I'd rather just stay here. Nothing's going to affect me anyway. I'm going to show up. It's going to be a waste of my time. You got to unsubscribe. You got to fight. You got to do it every single day because the enemy is coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy the goodness in your life. But man, tell me a testimony, somebody out there. Isn't it good when you've been getting it in every day for a few months and like shots firing, like ping, 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 they're just bouncing off of you. I'm solid. I'm up here repping 80 like Roger. Let's go. Nobody can hurt me. But then suddenly another, another enemy that's just a little bit bigger than I am comes around. I leveled up, so he leveled up. No, I'm going to be him too, but man, I'm going to need somebody to help me there at that moment. Because it's an enemy that I've never faced before. It's a phone call I never anticipated getting. It's a relationship I've never, ever saw falling apart. It's a pain and a hurt that I didn't even know was possible. And now I, I need a miracle, Jesus. Oh, I remember though, here's what I gotta do. There's a process to this. Easy to identify the problem is staring me right in the face. It's right here. I got it. I'm going to fight it. I know my enemy. I'm take responsibility for it. We're going to find some ways to get this done. I got I to gotta, I gotta get after it. I'm going to give everything I got now. I'm going to run to you, Jesus. I'm going I'm to I'm race to do what you've asked me to do to give everything that I've got. That's the moment that Jesus unleashes the miracle in your life that becomes the indescribable, the unattainable. The glory of God rains down over the situation and you're, you're healed, you're touched, you're blessed. And overflowing, your life becomes a testimony to those around you. And the power of Jesus is now infiltrating family and friends, neighbors and workplaces, schools, cities, states, regions, countries. Listen, let me tell you something. Church on the North Coast... You're blessed. We've been blessed for many, many years. Huh. And there's leftovers here. There's the abundance of God in this place, right here, right now. Stand up on your feet with me. Altar ministers, if you'd come to the front. There's people here this morning that need miracles. They're facing obstacles that looms so large in their life. Like they hear the words that are coming out of my mouth, but it's just not, it's not, it's not quite processing just yet. But here's hope. You don't have to figure this out alone. 
You don't have to ace the test today. All you've got to do is take a step. That's it. All you've got to do is extend a hand. That's all. One step at a time, Jesus says, and I'll walk you through it. I'll lead you gently by my side. I'll hold you if need be. I'll get you there. But first, I need you to give everything to me. I want all of you. I need all of you so that I can bless you, so that I can heal you. I can protect you, provide for you. Jesus, this morning, I pray right now, God, that hearts are being penetrated, are being penetrated, God, with the sacrificial love of your son, with the empathetic touch, word of your son. God, that a burden would be lifted, a lie would be unsubscribed this morning from the hearts and minds of men and women that hear my voice to release the miraculous in their life to allow God to penetrate every issue every ailment every circumstance to alleviate the pain the heartache the moans and the groans of the broken hearted This morning, I want to offer you the opportunity to know Jesus for the rest of your life in a way that you never knew possible. Whether you already know him, you've never met him, maybe it's been a long time since you've had a conversation, a real one, with him. But this morning is your moment to run to the Father. There isn't a person in here who doesn't need a miracle. Every single one of you raised your hands. requires everything you've got. Are you ready this morning? Are you willing this morning? Are you, are you open and receptive to understanding the instruction of Jesus and saying, look, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll do it. I, I trust you. I'll do it. I don't even know, I don't even know, but I trust you. I need it so bad, Father. I need you so bad this morning. My life, I can't do it without you, Father. If that's you this morning, I want you to run to the Father this morning. I want you to run to the altar this morning, to run to the altar this morning and come and pray and bow and allow the Lord to touch you this morning, to miraculously fill your life with the abundance of God, to move to a place, to go to a place of action working the power of God in your life this morning. Stepping out and declaring, Jesus, I run to you. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to do the work because I need your miracle, Father. If you've never accepted Jesus this morning, this is your moment. Pray this prayer with me, Jesus. I accept you as my Lord and Father. For the rest of my days, 
I bend the knee to you, Lord, and you alone. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, hey, we like to tell everybody, we'll see you on the north side. We'll see you on the north side up in heaven, amen. These folks down here want to pray with you before you go. Come this way. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. We'll see you guys this Wednesday, amen. Bless you.